0: Alright, alright, alright. Welcome back to the Forest Brothers Podcast. Joined again by your boy, Mutsa Chris Down. You know what it is. Joined again by my two brothers, Ngome Zulu and Samson Pinguini, the chemist. Wagwan boys, wagwan, wagwan, wagwan. Say hello to the beautiful people out there and say what's goody. How's um, about and then go up that all, sangy. So, <laughs> say hello there, thank uh,
1: Thanks for the platform, Mr. Mwari there. Uh, I'd like to say hello to you. And hello to you, Mr. Masanga. And hello to all our listeners out there. Uh, the Forest Brothers podcast is back. It's a new week, new possibilities, uh, interesting topics for the day. So uh, it's going to be nice. Uh, Mr. Masanga. Hello, dear listener. Welcome once again to the Forest
2: Brothers podcast. I'm here with Mori. I am here with Mangoro, And uh, once again, great to be here with you, brothers. Great to be here with you, listener. And yeah, you know, another day, another pod Let's get into it, boys. Yeah,
0: for real, for real, for real. Let's let's uh, let's let's get it starting. Uh, you know what? First, let's let's start with Mangoro today. Um, Mangoro, I know that you had given Potter a few, a couple more weeks to survive. You know, you were, I know you were grading the man like, yo, if he loses against Dortmund in that second leg, he's out cold. Like he's probably gonna get fired. But it seems that the man is on a new bounce lately. You know, he's won what three games in the last. Three-ish weeks, you know. This past weekend, they beat Leicester uh, 3-1. So, a good result for the Chelsea boys. You know, you're no longer languishing in the mid-table like Liverpool. Uh You're actually getting up there now. You know, you might actually compete for Europe. Probably not, but you might. You know, we'll, we'll have to see how the next couple of games go. But uh, I just want to hear your opinion on uh the trajectory of Chelsea right now. Are you feeling good? Do you think Potter has figured out the source? Or do you think, like there's still some major kinks that need to be worked out. Because as I was watching the game, actually, uh, against Leicester, I was very con- I was very surprised that he chose to play Kukurea in ahead of Badia Yeah I-, I thought Badia Shile would be nailed on since uh, Thiago Silva was injured. But I was wrong. And I thought that, you know, Kukureya had, f- had fallen out with the manager. We're never going to see him on our pitch again. But there he was doing his things. Uh, so I don't know. I I kind of want to hear your opinion, Mangoro, in terms of where Chelsea is headed and what you think is going on, what you think is going right so far and the overall trajectory moving forward with your boys. Uh, Do you have faith in your boy Potter now? Anyway, Mangoro, tell us.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'll say this to the listener. I think the name Buddy Ashile Mutsa is actually quite prevalent right now because uh, it's all from his own personal opinion. Uh, it's for about, It's all about his FPL team. It has nothing to do with Chelsea, the team. So <laughs> I'd say uh, right now, what has happened in the last couple of weeks that now uh, Graham Potter has actually turned the corner. I think he should be in a crisis meeting every game he goes to play, honestly, because <laughs> when there's a crisis meeting that week or whenever it happens, he seems to perform. So I think we need to keep him under that pressure uh personally we won three games. We've been we've been here before. Um still not convinced. Uh the jury still in my opinion. Uh but what I would commend Graham Potter for the last couple of games that he's what he's done is that he's he stopped this nonsense of trying to coach players mid season. So when he was playing that four, two, three, one or that very confused formation, he was trying to coach his philosophy. There's no time for that. you saw the results when he was coaching. So that should tell you something. So what he's done now is actually gone back to the tried and tested uh, back three or back five, as you like to call it, with Reese James and Ben Chilwell. Uh, the, you, you, see when, you see what happens when they're available, both of them. You see what happens. I've been telling people for two years now. Now you see it. So what he's done is that he's actually gone back to what the players know, and he hasn't tried to overcoach them. At this point in time at Chelsea for the rest of the season, it's not about trying to... Uh, get the philosophy in and just get stuff out there, the media is going to be on him. Todd Bowley will be on him. Uh, Vivel will be on him. Uh, Paul with Stanley and the likes. So right now, what I com- uh, and I do want to commend him for the last three games, is that he's not overcoaching the players. He has now become the coordinator. He's just coordinating, making sure that players are there in the positions and not trying to coach because right now is not the time for coaching. We saw what he was doing when he was coaching. We were losing we won two and fifteen or two and fourteen. So I think for the rest of the season, it's still it's still out there. It depends on what team Chelsea gets in the Champions League draw. And maybe if they get a favorable draw, they could find themselves in a semifinal. Uh who knows? There are some good looking teams out there that they would fancy themselves against. Uh, but when we look at the rest of the season in terms of Premier League, you mentioned Europe. I think I was listening to Rory Jennings say that Chelsea could potentially go into the top four. Uh, absolutely ludicrous statement that one. I think we're too far. Like it's there are far too many teams above us in tenth place. With even if there's still quite a number of games to go, I think they were still we're, we're kind of far from that. I think. Uh, like, my personal opinion is to finish 8th or ten, eight, ninth or 10th so that we don't have to be playing Europa League or these Conference League nonsenses. Like, we just focus next season on, like, just challenging in the Premier League, like Antonio Conte did back in 2016. Uh, or actually, not 2016, 2015 20, 20, 20, or whatever year. Ah, uh, 20... Let me get my, my day right. Uh, probably 29... Ah... Uh, yeah, when, let me just say when Conte won the league. <laughs> I just say when Conte won the league. <laughs> I was actually going to say,
0: point of correction, let me let me correct myself. Chelsea are currently 10th and Liverpool are currently 6th. And uh, Chelsea is 11 points behind Tottenham for <laughs> top four. So, um... Yeah, let me not make it sound like Chelsea actually was doing better than Liverpool. So, Liverpool fans, I apologise. I thought that yeah. you were, like, number 15 or something. But currently, for some odd reason, you're number six. So, congrats to you guys. Um, but we're, we're getting to you. We're getting to you. You're not off the hook. You know what you know what you did this past weekend? <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what you did today? Um, oh, and today. And, you know, <laughs> today, they played Champions League for doesn't you know, against Real Madrid, and they did some funny things. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so <laughs> I was just going to ask you as well, Kosi, uh, the players right now at Chelsea, who do you think has picked up, picked up the, picked up their work, picked up the slack? Is it Sterling? Is it Kai Havertz? Is it, uh, I don't know who's in the midfield right now. Mount is not playing anymore much these days, right? Because I, I think no. Mount has fallen off oh, yes. the face of the earth. I think it's fallen out of the grace. So who's
1: picked up the slack for you there, Chelsea? Uh, there's a couple of players that have impressed me. Kepa, I gave it to him. Reese James and uh, Ben Chihuahua, I've been telling people those are superstars. Kovah, uh, Enzo's making 120 mil look like a, a bargain. Like, some of the plays, what a player. What a player this guy Enzo is. Like, now I understand why Todd wasn't sleeping trying to get this guy. This guy is epic. Uh, Kukurea sometimes we've criticised him and I think it's only fair as supporters that uh, we criticise but also when we praise so now he's been doing the correct things when they've put him in those positions so we need to give him the praise and I think he's done well the last couple of games and we certainly hope that it continues I think that's why you mentioned Paddy Ashila is outside another superstar in the making Wesley has been, he's a Rolls Royce Like, Wesley, uh, Koulibaly, funny enough, has actually performed well. Like, I thought he was going to be shaky a bit, but he's performed well. Uh, Kai Havertz, still not convincing, still out there. Joao Felix, a bit out there. But those are the ones I'd say for me have convinced me. Like, we shouldn't be introducing the likes of Ziyech and the likes anymore. I think that's enough. Sterling, Mr. Offside FC, I'm tired of (laughs) that.
0: And then final thing on this, uh, 006, Mr. Mudrick. He was almost 007, but he got that funny assist there at the end. And he we're scared. waiting for him. So, yeah, the, right now the only 007 is the boy Sancho at Man United. Uh, he, he, he holds on to his title there. <laughs> so, in case you don't know what 007 means, it means zero assists, zero goals in seven games. Mudrick was almost there. He was he with was the next Bondman. man. He was almost the next Bond villain at 007, but he's 006. Uh, what about the boy, man? Like, why is he not uh, catching as much game time as initial? Because they also spend a bag on the boy Mudrik, right? And, you know, he's, he's, they're only throwing him on right now as that little shiny piece at the end. Like, hey, man, try go do something, please. Like, I don't
1: know what that's about.
0: But what, what are your thoughts on Mudrik's situation right now?
1: Uh, so Mudrik's situation is... Uh... Very interesting one for the people that are on the outside, like the people that don't know the internals. Because keep in mind, Woodrick, when he joined Chelsea, he was straight out of preseason. They haven't played soccer in Ukraine uh, for the longest time. So he'd been playing Champions League. I don't even know if the league was up. So that's why they were trying to nurse him into the team. And his form just wasn't there. Like Because you're joining a league where people have been playing for months on end. They've also even been at the World Cup, so that's been affecting him. And that's the one critic, uh, that's like the one uh, bad thing I'd say about Potter, right? Currently in this phase, uh, funny enough, there's not many negative things I'd say. The one thing I'd say is, stop playing him. Why, why are you playing him center forward? He's not a center forward. Like, against Leicester, I was very confused. That's why he's going to turn into this 007. He's a predominantly, like, a left winger play him on the left. am trying to accommodate Joao. The other thing that I think we also need to take a look at is that Joao is actually quite a wasteful player. And I think Potter, if he wants to survive uh, the season and the future, he needs to take a close look at Joao. Maybe we're starting to see why Simeone actually let him go. Because when he gets the ball by the Chelsea box, right around the Chelsea box, he loses it. Uh, the other day, he lost it against Leeds. Uh, not Leeds. Uh, Leicester. They almost scored. He lost it against Spurs. They scored, so he probably thinks this is the La Liga, but it's not the case. So that's the boy he needs to watch out. Because also the other thing is that he's not our player. He's on loan. Like I would, I would love him on like a permanent basis, but currently he's on loan. Modric is our player we've invested in a uh, 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 ten-year contract. So it goes to show that something just needs to be done. Play him in his right position. Play Joao on the right. Or play Joao through the middle as a false nine because Havertz, funny enough, actually on the right is performing much better. Rather when he's coming in from deep, rather than playing as the lone striker, because he looks like a young centre back there as a as a centre forward.
2: The <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah. thing about Havertz, uh, you know, since you brought up him on the right, when he was playing at Leverkusen, he had this free role in the center right beyond the striker, he would often drift to the right hand side and create a lot of opportunities from there. So that could be the way forward, you know, probably. But yeah, go ahead, Maury. Uh, not to uh, cut you off there. But
0: No, no, you're good. Yeah, I was actually thinking about like players that are on loan. Apparently that old Lukaku is not even in Potter's plans. So <laughs> I I just want to remind people that Lukaku still can return back to Chelsea. And I don't think anyone wants that. I don't think anyone is looking for Lukaku. I don't think anyone's checking for him. I'd even forgotten he existed until someone was like, oh yeah, Lukaku's all known. And I was like, oh. And I probably put, my guy, if Potter does not want you, like, ha, I'd, actually, I'd actually feel a little disrespected if I was Lukaku. Like, I know he doesn't want to go back, but the fact that Potter doesn't want him, hey man, hey man, like, it's a little, a little disrespectful. But anyway, moving on here. Let's chat about Liverpool for a second. Samson, I want to bring this to you because you made a comment about what they did today against Real Madrid. And obviously we also saw them lose to Bournemouth this past weekend, even though they beat United 7-0 last week. And um, I can't say I'm shocked. I cannot say that I'm overly shocked because I've been saying this all for the last two seasons. Van Dijk is the most overrated defender in the Premier League right now. Man! Man, there's nothing there. Honestly, I remember, I I know you guys are going to clown me for this, but I actually rate Tyrone Mings over Van Dijk. Yes, that's a big statement. Yes, you can judge me all you want, but (laughs) I'd rather have Mings in my squad, even Ben Mee. Give me Ben Mee. Don't give me Van (laughs) Dijk. Honestly, though. (laughs) But, I mean, to be honest, Ben Mee has been scoring a lot of goals this season, so let's not disrespect the man. Ben Mee has been on it. Ben Mee has been on it this season. Brentford don't score, don't concede that many goals. So like, they've actually considered less than Liverpool this season. So I, I think, let's respect the man Ben Ben Mee. Anyway, Samson, um, why do you think they lost today to Real Madrid? And then also, why did they lose to Bournemouth? Is Klopp just losing his head? And that Man United 7-0 beating that they gave them, gave them too much confidence. And yet, they're still too, too poor to compete at a high level, you know, they just caught Man United on a bad day and uh, ran away with it. But what are your thoughts on Liverpool?
2: One of the main reasons I gave, you know, when we recorded the part, I think two weeks ago, I gave, you know, Potter a lot of grief. And I said, this is relegation form. Are these guys sure about this guy? And also another reason I've been giving Klopp a lot of, you know, uh, criticism over the course of the season is because number one job as a coach, you know and i think this has been lost in the modern day you know where a coach signs on they get 10 players and 200 mil out the gate you know just here go spend build your team like it's football manager no being a coach is literally hey these are 22 players coach them put the best 11 on the field and find a way to win that is the core like that's the the, the core of coaching, find a way to win with what you got. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're going to do. Even if you get those 10 brand new players, you're going to have to find a way to win with them on the pitch. And Klopp, like, it's ridiculous to me. Like, Liverpool fans and not have complained. Hey, injuries, man. We've, we've lost this guy. And, oh, my God, Jota, we, he was so important. Luis Diaz, oh, my goodness. You signed Darwin Nunes. Like... You you had like you you lost money yes but you replaced them, right? You have center backs. According to Klopp, you have the best center backs in the world. Those are not my words by the way. Those are, those are his words. You have the best center backs in the world. That's what he thinks. Okay, so if you have all these quality you know all these quality players, you have the best wing backs in world football. Again, according to him, why in the hell? Why? Today, of all days, you play a four-two-four with a thirty-seven-year-old in Milner pivoting with Fabinho. Why? Why? How does that make any sense whatsoever? And you have a front four of Jota, Nunes, um, Gakpo, and Salah. Like you know, Real Madrid. You know how they're gonna play. They they play a four-three-three, and sometimes Valverde drops into the midfield, makes it a four. So they you know, so they can pass the ball around and break the presses, you know, because people will press them high. You know that's how they're going to play. They played that the first time against you. You know they're going to pack the midfield. Why have you thinned out your midfield? You have taken players out of your midfield. You have that youngster, you know, what's the name, uh, by Cicetic. You have him. You have uh, Carvalho. You have Elliot. You have all these young guys who, oh, yes, you're unsure of, but you have them. You can feel them, okay? You can use them. And that is your job as a coach, to use the players you have to gain an advantage on the opposition. Why are you not using what you have? My God. And it's not like... And it it, it blows my mind at the end of the day because like, some of these players, we know their weaknesses. We know Trent Alexander-Arnold cannot defend to save his life, even today. Vinicius ran past him like six times. And each time, he does the same thing every exact time. He just puts his hands up and walks. He doesn't chase back at all. Van Dijk, we know he's not a good defender under pressure. You know, We know that if he has to defend by himself, one-on-one, people coming at him, people around him, he's not going to be looking good. He's not Canavaro. You know, We know that. He's the kind of defender who's great when the team's attacking, when you're pressing up high. You're not doing these things anymore. Why not change your formation a little bit? Why not add a third centre-back so you can push your wing-backs further up because they're your most creative players? Why is this mind-blowing information? Chelsea do it all the time. Like Chelsea have two full-backs, two wing-backs who are great going forward. Not the best going back, but great going forward. They play back threes whenever they can. Why aren't you doing the same? Like, it's not that hard to figure out. And I think a lot of the issues this year have just come down to Klopp, making weird decisions. Even Gakpo, like signing Gakpo, like your midfield was razor thin, according to you. You did not get the signings you wanted. Why not spend the money on another midfielder? Why did you feel the need to go buy another attacker? Why? Like, what? Like in in, uh, in the fall, when you guys were losing... At any point in time, when Liverpool were losing to um, who, who, they get, who these guys, was, Brighton, for example, yeah. did anyone ever look up and think, "Hey, you know what? What could help this situation? Another striker. That's that's what we need. Another winger. That, th- yeah. No, your problems on defense and midfield. You know this. You know you you've known the whole time, and you've not addressed it, and you've not worked with the players you have." And this is what you get. So that's that's all I can say. These like Liverpool are going through some tough times, but let's not kid ourselves and say, oh, injuries have rocked them. Oh like you know, they need more players. No, no, you just need a coach who makes better decisions. That's 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 what you need. That's number one what you need. If you had that, you'd be in the top four comfortably, and maybe you would have made it pass through this round of the Champions League. Because Real Madrid have not been good enough to hit you five. And have a 6-2 aggregate lead. Like, they haven't been that amazing. Like, seriously, look at their league form. They haven't been that great. And they've hit you 6-2. Like, you've been bad. That's mostly on you. So, yeah. I put this on
0: clock. (laughs) I mean, do we see Liverpool actually touching top four? Because right now they are sixth, right? They've got 42 points. And Tottenham has 48. And we all know Spurs this season... I, honestly i'm surprised we're still top four i think it's just because newcastle uh have, has been farming i don't know i don't know what they've been doing but we should not be in top four we've not been doing anything that indicates top four quality Not you know honesty but and i can say that as a Spurs supporter i'm not just hating like i i watching tottenham play these days is painful like i only watch because harry kane is literally carrying our team on his back like if Harry Kane, for some reason, gets injured this season, I, I, honestly, I'll just give up. I'll just be like, okay, season's done. I'm, I'm good. There's nothing else that's going to come out of this. I'm not about to watch Richarlison get mad for for the rest of the season because he's not getting the pass he wants. Anyway, Liverpool are six points away from top four. Are they going to make it? Or do you all see them finishing where they are right now, just behind Newcastle? Um, I mean, also they're on the same points as Brighton. Brighton is 42 points right now. They also played a game less, and Brentford are one point behind Liverpool. So it's actually like a little. It's actually quite tight in that in that little bracket between Liverpool, Brighton, and Brentford. Oh, we can also add Newcastle there because they all like have three points in between them. Literally, like someone loses a game, and the other person wins, they're shooting up. So anyway. Um I just want to throw it to both you and Samson, Kosi, Liverpool. Are they stopping where they are right now?
2: Listen, you've added uh, Brighton, Brentford. I'm gonna add Fulham because Liverpool's next game is Man City. And Fulham are three points behind. If Fulham win and Liverpool loses, that's level. Okay, so they're in a race with those three teams behind them, and maybe even Chelsea, you know, who knows what like Chelsea do in the next couple of games. But yeah, you know, these guys. <laughs> Like, they're not really in the top four race, like, when you when you really think about it. Like, I would be... I want, them, I want to see what they do after Man City. Mm-hmm. Like, how they perform against Man City and Arsenal. If they can win those games, then yeah, sure. But I have gotten no evidence so far that the, this is a consistent team. Like, if you win 7-0 one week and lose 1-0 the next, like... Like what are we talking about here? Like no, that's not Champions League form. That's 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 mid table form. Like no one no one serious loses to Bournemouth after winning seven 0 Like what excuse did he have? Early in the season was injuries. What there was no excuse for that with the Bournemouth game. There was literally no excuse. Yeah. So if 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 you're in that position and you literally have no words to, to explain what just happened. I cannot trust you and say, "Hey, top four, nah." I, I, I have more faith in
0: Tottenham at this point. And yeah, Asis can- Mangoro. Oh. Let me, let me ask because right now Liverpool plays City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Are they, are they surviving that? Like, because I feel like if they lose those three games, they can, they can forget about top seven. They, they can forget about it because <laughs> Brentford, for example, play Leicester and then Brighton. Brighton play. Well, they don't play this weekend, but they play Brentford and Bournemouth. So if Brighton win those two games and Liverpool loses the next three, Brighton are like six points ahead and they're done. Right? Like I don't see Brighton, and we saw we saw them today. They won their game, they're doing well. So I kind of want to hear what you think, Mangora. Like, if 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 Liverpool can if Liverpool loses these three games, are these three games right now the the pinnacle the, the paramount part for Liverpool? Like if they win the three. They're, they're definitely touching, like, top five. If they lose the three, they're not even going to make it past eight. Is that is that where we are at the season for Liverpool?
1: I'd say it's not the end of the road, honestly. Uh, there's still, like, a good chunk of games to be played, probably, what, after there's, like, eight or nine games left. So that's yeah. 27, 24 points, 30 points, actually. So to play for, so even if and the teams that they play that are, are all... Not around them per se because Chelsea's below them. Arsenal, and Man City are way above them, so they're pretty good. there. I would say the other team that we're not paying a lot of attention to, but United is in the top top four race. They're not secure. Like we're going to see Casemiro probably in May at this point. So they, that that should tell you something. Like Manu is not secure in the top four. Like Manu, like. Man U, Spurs, all these teams are in the race. Like, this could be one of the greatest. Because when you look at from third to tenth, uh, with Chelsea having a game in hand, uh, let's say hypothetically they win it, they get to 40. It's a 10-point swing between... It's like the, This is going to be quite a strange season in the fact that the team between third and tenth could be separate by just 10 points. And if you look at the bottom... It's the same thing. I think it's like seven points from like 12th all the way to the bottom. It's literally five points, 22 to 27 points. So this could be the strangest season yet because now I think the squads were going to come into play. Some of these teams that actually have other competitions to play, like Champions League, Europa League, uh, FA Cup. They may be focused on that because they're like, this league thing is a tall order, and the luck of the draw, they, they they stumble themselves upon a final. So it'll be interesting to see, but that's what I'll say. Manu is not secure. Liverpool, may, I wouldn't say it's the end of the road, if, even if they lose all three games. I highly doubt they'd lose all three. They'd probably get a draw somewhere, or maybe win one of them. I definitely can uh, raise my right hand and say they won't win all three games. That is safe. I'm safe to say that. So it'll be interesting to see how like the next couple of weeks goes. And the fact that there's an international break coming up after this weekend uh, is going to shape quite a number of things.
2: By the way, yeah. just a, a quick uh, point of information. So Casimir will only be back against Chelsea on the 22nd of April. That is yeah that's that that's, he's gonna miss four games so only I mean that's basically May so
0: also can I you explain can. to the masses why he caught a four game ban because I usually I know a red a red card he didn't catch did he catch a straight red yeah, he caught a straight red that's usually three games right why is it a four game ban for the people out there who are curious as to like yo man a, a red card first of all was it a red card can we agree on that and secondly why is it four games?
2: Isn't it because it's like his, uh, his, his second straight one? So first one, three, second one, four. And I think it's just the league's way of like trying to police, um, you know, super, uh, let's, let's not call it violent. let's call it uh, a way to, uh, you know, protect the players, you know, because you don't want people with full body challenges every two weeks type of thing, you know, so the deal is, hey, if you keep playing like you own the refs, you're going to miss more games. And by the way, I just want to say, I am tired of the Casemiro best in the world narrative. This guy is not the best in the world, okay? At any, like, this guy is, like, this is, these are almost like like granite Xhaka levels. Like, I was, it feels like any time there's a little bit of pressure, this guy's just ready to go off. And just have a moment. Because some of the challenges he makes, it's like he doesn't expect to get a card. And it's like, my guy, you are 29 years old. You've played in Champions League finals. How did you not think that was a yellow card? Like, how? I mean, how, how in the hell? You know, we have Saliba, who's 21. He avoided a yellow card for four months. Just so he doesn't get a suspension. You are 29. First game. You... You just the first game you won a fourth yellow, you got one just like that. I mean, I just No. he's he's not okay. Wait, point of correction
0: guys. that man is 31, he's not 29. Casimir <laughs> is even worse, <laughs> even worse. He's 31. I just want to make sure people are not like, except these guys don't know what they're talking about. Casimir is 31, guys. I was gonna be shook if I was 29. Like, I was like, yo, that man is one year older than me, nah. Nah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna deny it, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I go to saying. Um, no, but
1: you'd also add that he's also like a repeat offender. It's like, uh, this is his second red card. I would, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened. Uh, I think would have gone into some unprecedented waters uh, if Manchester United actually tried to appeal that, because when you lose the appeal, they had a couple of games. So I don't know if it's one or two or just one. So it would have been interesting to see how that was going to pan out. But this guy, and I wrote an interesting stat the other day that in, the, I think that, I don't know if it's nine seasons. Uh, I could be wrong there, but the listeners will correct me if I'm wrong. He never actually picked up red card for Real Madrid. But in probably nine months at uh, United, he already has two red cards. Which is just interesting to know, like listen, like I, I don't know, like some of these things are actually quite unacceptable. like how do you have so how do you have two red cards in a season? Don't you like that those those three games you miss? Don't you like lose something? Don't you feel it internally that yo, I actually I actually was suspended and I had to watch and it was the big games that he missed. so. Yeah, Casemiro, I hope he learns from this and he becomes a better player going forward.
0: Can I just say, I'm surprised his first name is Carlos. I, I do not know that. I did not know his name was Carlos Casemiro. I might be the only one. <laughs> don't judge me, but I just looked up. His name is Carlos Henrique Casemiro. Did you boys know his name was Carlos? I don't know. Okay, maybe that's like that's, that doesn't matter, but I always thought his name was Casemiro. It's Carlos.
2: <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. Carlos, I knew, I, I mean, most Brazilian players, if they just have one name and they're known by one name, it's probably not their name. Like, that's just how it goes. And I knew yeah. his name was Henrique, but I did not know Carlos, to be fair. But, you know, he's Brazilian, like, has a lot of guys named, uh, named Carlos from Brazil, so.
0: Yeah. But, uh, because what you're saying, why, why, why do you think the conditions are as to why Carlos is catching <laughs> two red cards? <laughs> like, what, what's happening at Man United that makes it so. Like, is it because is it they're putting too much pressure on him? Is it carrying too much weight? Like, trying to support... Who's even playing with in that midfield or whatever? Like, is it trying to defend Shaw too much? V- like, Varane, like, is he doing too much and putting himself in positions where he has to overplay himself and that's why he's out there catching reds? Is it something about my United? Or is it the fact that, hey, the man is tired. He's won his trophy with United. He's good. He had a long career with Madrid. Like, it doesn't need any more trophies. And at this point, my man just wants to relax, you know, take it easy. Maybe him and Anthony had had a talk before. Anthony was like, bro, catch a red card, right? And I'm going to come up to you and I'm going to say, hey, I'm winning the game for you. And I'm going to do it. And I'm going to look like the hero. Maybe that's what, the, the, the you know, the Brazilian connection. And like we saw him and then he got subbed off like after eight minutes. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to know, like, why do you think that, Carlos is finding himself in positions where he's catching red cards so often?
1: Uh, I'd say, you know, with the brother Carlos, I think it's just the league, honestly. Like, I think I think maybe he thought... Uh, it's, it's one of two things. The first piece being uh, the league. The referees in La Liga are quite lenient, uh, as opposed to then the Premier League, uh, but Mr. Taylor... They're very rigid and they have said ways of doing things. They do enjoy the controversial moment once in a while. Uh, they do enjoy, enjoy trending on Twitter. So I think that's like the first piece. The second piece is that, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, he's carrying uh, the entire old Trafford on his shoulders there because the likes of Anthony, Luke Shaw, Kiwan Bisaka stays because he can't attack. Um, there's many people. They just want to go forward. Fred, you see him in people's kitchens uh trying to score. So he has to cover a large amount of distance. So, of course, he'll foul, take cards, uh, even if it's straight reds from time to time. And he's just generally been a reckless player. Like, you have seen him in the past when he played in the Champions League, some of the tackles that he was making. And now when there's actually some... Quite nimble players in the Premier League, just playing it around you. Some players from Southampton. Um, you can see that something's just not right there. So, uh, and those players are actually exposing that, yo man, here like, yeah, this is the Premier League. This is not the league where you can just tackle on the Champions League where they do twenty-five reviews on a particular card or red card incident or something.
2: Yeah, by the way, I just wanna. I know so we're going to discuss this on a, in a later date, but given the recent um, revelations with Barcelona and referees, I just want to put it out there that maybe the man was benefiting from some bias that Real Madrid enjoyed in La Liga from referees. I know there's been some debate about it among you know La Liga fans over the years that you know big teams get calls, especially against smaller teams. I think you know that's something to consider because, like, seriously, if you look at some of the challenges, like that guy is not expecting a card. Like he's he's just as surprised as all of us, you know, that he gets the card. I mean, I mean, we're not surprised, but he's like he's as surprised as we are when you you know as he, to see him make the challenge. You know, he's he shook when he sees a card. He's like, "What me? What did I?" And it's like, "Dog, you 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 took that man out." And it's like, yeah. "But yeah, I think he's just used to
0: it." I was also thinking, like, maybe that's also a factor of the fact that... Um, I just said the fact of the fact of. Please forgive me, listener. I don't know that it make any sense. <laughs> I was also going to say that in Spain, hey, my man does not need to make a challenge like that against Maloka, right? But he's playing against Southampton. The man, Ward Prowse, is pressing him. Like I just feel like you know, maybe he's just... Like, I don't think he's used to the level of quality in the Premier League where Southampton are the bottom of the bottom. But hey, these men will still hold you down. Like they'll still shake you down. So maybe, maybe that's kind with of the difference of like, you know, in Spain, you're just playing the fodder there, the bottom of the league. Like, like, like it doesn't have to make such a challenge. Like, it's fine. You know? But here in the Prem, hey, hey, don't look at nobody like they're nothing. Like <laughs> people are strong out there. So maybe I wonder if that's like the the difference. But um I just want to ask you, maybe in course you can answer this, but when he, Man United did end up, it was 0-0 with Southampton. Even though they caught a red card, Casimir caught a red card, the, the game finished a draw. And usually when a team goes down to 10 men, you expect them to like, you know, they're gonna, it's going to be a landslide, but, you know, they managed to hold it down together. So my question kind of is, is the 0-0 a stronger reflection on the fact that Man United kept it together? and like defended well or is a zero zero more of a reflection of the fact that Southampton are just poor and cannot finish and they should have actually won the game. But they just right now they're just having that kind of season where they can't even beat 10 men. And we all know Man United even when they have eleven they ate seven from Liverpool the week before and Southampton can't even get one when they've got ten men on the pitch. So <laughs> who is this looking good for and who's this looking bad for, if anything? Uh, Samson can also answer this, but like I'm just curious as to like what what you think about that scenario
1: <laughs> or that this zero zero thing. You know the table. You know this thing called the Premier League table. It never lies. It never lies. Southampton are where they are because they deserve to be twentieth. When you don't put the ball in the back of the net, you deserve to be twentieth. And they didn't put the ball in the back of the net against ten men, and that's why they're twentieth. That, was, that doesn't look good on them. I understand they're playing Manchester United uh, at Old Trafford. It was quite maybe a big occasion for them and they were affected by it. But I think it's also down to, when you look at on from the Manchester United perspective, it's some of the players that they have not rising to the occasion in those difficult moments. Anthony is probably the biggest fraud that exists in the Premier League. Up there with the biggest frauds. There's a couple more. Uh, they're going to avail themselves very soon, but Anthony is up there. Uh, Mr. Woodverhorst, our great center back, stopping traffic every single time. Uh, he's just not doing anything. Uh, Bruno, I don't know why people praise him so much. Uh, those are the times when you're the captain, you're the leader of the team. You're supposed to raise your hand in those difficult moments, and either organize and play on the counter, you have the pace with Rashford and maybe Jadon Sancho. Like that will do something for you. But honestly, it's just to answer your question. I'd say it looks bad on both of them. Like it looks bad on Manchester because the Manchester United, even if Southampton go down to ten men, they still win the game. You remember during Fergie time. Uh, that still win games even though they were down to ten. It also looks bad on Southampton. You can't score against a team that conceded seven just the previous week. That should tell you something. Yeah, just to add on to that, like Fergie time was a very real
2: thing, and even down to ten, like you could see teams were scared to play Manchester United. Especially this was at home. This was at Old Trafford. Like teams were terrified at any point in the game to play Manchester United. But Southampton looked pretty comfortable. I mean, like, they... I wouldn't say they dominated, but, like, they had some chances before the red card. They had a few more after the red card. They just suck. You know, like, the, I, I can't put it in any other way. Like, they, they're just terrible, man. Like, some of those chances, like... Like, nah. Like, th- those guys are just not good enough. And it's maybe it's a confidence thing maybe it's the quality of players maybe it's a mix of both you know who knows but they're just not good enough as for manchester united no fear factor you know that 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 fergie era fear factor like yo we're down to ten minutes, but hey we're still going to do it it did not feel like they were still going to do it everything they did that game felt like it was forced felt like they were tired felt like you know they you know like when you hope like, you know, play, playing with hope. Like, we hope this works. Not like you know what you're doing. But I hope. Even, like, Anthony, by the way, <laughs> since you grew up, that guy, that guy shoots with hope every single time. I know he scored midweek last week, but if you watch him, like, it's almost inst- instinctive. Like, he gets the ball, puts it on his left, and he just swings. He doesn't, he doesn't even think about it too much. He just, because it's automatic to me. It's just, it's muscle memory doesn't look at it it doesn't think about the situation Doesn't think about oh maybe i should cross maybe i should pass it just just does so if you have players like that uh you're not gonna do much in a
0: game especially in a game where you're under pressure and you're down to 10 man so yeah yeah you know what we'll have to we'll have to see i was i I thought we're gonna see something like from the way the game was going i thought for a zero zero game it was slightly entertaining like i was not bored when i watching that when i was watching that game like it wasn't terrible to watch. It was okay. You know, it was watchable. So that maybe that's the only win that came out of that. But anyway, I think that about covers all the good things that happened this And I mean, I don't know if we have to really talk about the other, the other games, Man City. They did their one zero thing. Um, Erling Haaland's Billy had a sniff the whole game, but he of course scores the penalty. And you know, he walks around, like he just played the game of his life. And I was like, Hey, my guy, chill. You just scored a penalty. Like, Calm, calm. You know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Why are you walking around shouting like, hey, you just did something special? Like, <laughs> it's all right, my guy. <laughs> um, Arsenal won, like, you know, pretty convincingly against, uh, Fulham. You know, I think was what I got 3 So, uh, yeah, let's, I, 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 yeah, it was nothing more to say about that, really. So listen, now we just have to say, like, hey, if you like the content, make sure you subscribe. We're here. with the Forest Brothers? We'll talk about this. I mean, we we we're now we're now doing the YouTube thing, but if you go on Spotify, go on Apple, you will catch all our episodes, all the analysis. This is not the first. We've been in the game. It's just that like, you know, you got to level up. You know, it's 2023. It's the year of leveling up. So you can just go to Spotify, type the Forest Brothers podcast, you'll find us. Go to our Instagram, The Forest Brothers podcast, you'll find us. You find the posts you know uh where else can you go yeah but those are them, any platform ios iOS, yeah uh, the the apple apple podcast for you apple users out there you'll find us on apple podcast under the forest brothers podcast you will you know that little image you're seeing there the little corner there yes that's what you see and you know it's us it's us us. (laughs) but yeah and then i guess i guess subscribe tell a friend share share again Another friend to tell a friend to share, you know, because you know, we need to uh uplift each other. But, boys, it's been good, I think that was a really good, succinct, you know. So, I'll let you guys uh say goodbye to the fans out there, and now there's faces to the voices. I'm sure a lot of people out there are happy to see us actually. Like, they're like, oh, this guy's actually exist. it's not some AI, you know, yeah. it's, it's actually real, <laughs> actually. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that's, that's what it looks like I probably I, I wonder what people think that I actually look like uh, When they listen to my voice And, you know, I probably don't look like that. In their heads, I probably look like something else And uh, in the comments Let me know what you think I look like Compared to what I sound like uh, yeah. I hope it's not a white man, but I can only hope Anyway, boys How's about you say goodbye to the listeners out there I'll start with you, Sanya, and then we'll go to the boy Mangoro
2: Dear listener, once again You have been with the Forest Brothers Podcast And uh yeah very happy, as always, to have y'all with us. Very happy to be here with my two brothers, Nkosi, Mutsa. Great being here with you gents another week. I will close but just by saying, if any of y'all thought I was a white man, shame on you. Shame on all of you. I mean, damn! That would be such an insult. I'd be so embarrassed, okay? I'm a proud black man, and uh, I hope everyone knows that. Goodbye, dear listener, and we'll catch you on the next one.
1: Uh, you know, listener, uh, now that we're on YouTube, it's all about a couple of things, uh, to comment, like, share, and subscribe to the Frost Brothers, uh, channel there on YouTube, um, and all to all our Spotify listeners and our Apple podcast listeners, shout out to y'all as well. But yeah, thank you, listener, for coming here to share with us and listen to us. Uh, this is the place where we drop the uncensored truth, uh, the reality as I like to call it. And hopefully today you were enlightened, uh entertained and educated, man, because that's all the First Brothers is here for.
0: Yeah. And to our white man listeners out there, nothing against you, but you know. <laughs> of course. You know. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean you know yeah, not there's nothing, it's personal, just nothing wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, not personal, <laughs> just, it's not personal, you know, it's just It's not know. it's not personal, but come yeah, on. You know I yeah. mean I you know i am you know I you know I mean yeah. You do. Yeah, yeah you know, like, know, come on. <laughs> anyway, with that, listener, we'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> Look out for our videos, our audios, all the likes. And with that, we say peace out. <laughs>